You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include McDonald's tests an exercise bike at select locations and New Jersey hospitals institute a new visitor policy as COVID cases rise. Here's your national news recap for the week of December 26th. One of the U.S. Senate's longest-serving majority leaders has died. Former Nevada Democrat Harry Reid died Tuesday at the age of 82. Reid served as the majority leader in the Senate from 2006 to 2014 and capped off a long political career in 2017. Jelaine Maxwell has been found guilty of recruiting young women for a convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. Maxwell was convicted on five out of the six counts she faced. She now faces up to 80 years in prison. Epstein committed suicide in jail in 2019 before his own trial for sex trafficking. The 60-year-old Maxwell was charged with sex trafficking of minors, enticing a minor to travel to engage in illicit sex acts and other charges. Police are investigating the shooting death of a teenager in Sarasota Wednesday night. Deputies were called to Ackerman Park on Apex Road shortly before 11 p.m. They say an 18-year-old man was found dead in a nearby parking lot. Detectives believe 40 to 50 people were gathered in the park when shots were fired and the teen was struck in the back. No other injuries were reported. The victim's name is not being released. No arrests have been announced. A high roller at a Massachusetts casino claims around $21,000 was taken out of his hotel room safe. Richard Angelica is a semi-professional card player and was invited to the MGM Springfield to play on December 26th. Angelica claims he went to Foxborough to watch the New England Patriots game, only to return and find that his key card was not working and later discovered the money was missing. Hotel security told Angelica he had checked out and his room was emptied. State police are now investigating. Authorities are investigating a sexual assault and a shooting on Chicago's south side. Police say a woman was being sexually assaulted at gunpoint by a man Wednesday night in the 400 block of West Inglewood Avenue when she reached for the weapon. The firearm went off, hitting the man in the leg. He was arrested and taken to the hospital in fair condition. The victim wasn't hurt. A paraplegic Dayton, Ohio man dragged out of his vehicle by police during a traffic stop early last fall is suing the city in federal district court. Lawyers for Clifford Owensby say officers Wayne Hammock and Vincent Carter violated their client's rights by using excessive force and unlawfully detaining and arresting him. The lawsuit filed Wednesday reportedly also claims the officer's actions were discriminatory and violated the Americans with Disabilities Act. A spokesperson for the Dayton Police Union insists the officers acted appropriately. The Chicago Transit Authority was again offering free bus rides and train rides on New Year's Eve. The free rides were available from 10 p.m. on Friday until 4 a.m. Saturday. The CTA ran a Sunday schedule on Friday and a normal Saturday schedule the following day. 
The latest check of the California snowpack finds it is nearly 160% of the average for the date. While the latest number is encouraging, state water officials say California is still under a drought. The next chance for snow in the Sierra Nevada comes Monday. Nearly one-third of California's water supply comes from the state's snowpack. Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt has no plans to get the COVID-19 booster shot, despite the recommendations of state health officials. Republican Stitt was asked Wednesday if he was going to get the booster shot, and he replied, no, probably not, adding that he's perfectly healthy and has not been told by his doctor that he needs it. However, the state health department is recommending that everyone who's been vaccinated get the additional shot, especially as the more contagious Omicron variant continues to spread. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. I'm Jen McGraw with your political news. President Joe Biden and Russian President Vladimir Putin met via phone call on Thursday, December 30th, to discuss a common ground in defusing the Russia-Ukraine border crisis. President Putin requested the call earlier in the week as the two last spoke on December 7th that ended with hopes of restarting diplomatic discussions. There has been no further indication of Russia de-escalating. As many as 100,000 Russian troops have remained at the Ukrainian border despite warnings from President Biden and other world leaders of consequences should Russia's troops' actions escalate. Biden and Putin's call hopes to de-escalate any actions and provide an easy way to avoid such conflicts and consequences. On Wednesday, December 29, Secretary of State Antony Blinken condemned Hong Kong's arrest of seven Stan News employees. Blinken called on China to stop targeting the city's free press and demanded the release of the journalists and media charged and detained during Wednesday's raid. Hong Kong police raided the Stan News Organization's headquarters on Wednesday. The news organization, a pro-democracy website, said later that day it would shut down immediately, deleting all social media pages and dismissing all employees. Blinken noted in a statement that by silencing independent media, PRC, and local authorities undermine Hong Kong's credibility and viability. A confident government that is unafraid of the truth embraces a free press. Hong Kong's leader, Carrie Lam, has not yet said how journalists can avoid breaking the nation's security laws. With the rise of the Omicron COVID variant, the Biden administration revealed signs of a shifting pandemic strategy. It is preparing the nation for ways to live more feasibly alongside the pandemic, as opposed to trying to rid the disease altogether. The new strand of the variant has killed more than 800,000 Americans and is quickly forcing the government to make decisions in keeping its people as safe as possible. Omicron appears to be so deadly that there is no previous protocols that will do enough to allow a country to continue progressing past the virus. Public health guidelines on isolation, getting tested, and social distancing risk further public confusion, though these tips have already proven to be helpful. On Wednesday, the Biden administration asked the Supreme Court to hear arguments in ending the Trump era's Remain in Mexico policy. The program, also known as the Migrant Protection Protocol, prohibits asylum seekers from entering the U.S. while immigration courts review their cases. Biden campaigned against the policy, however, his administration hit several problems in trying to remove the policy. The policy was suspended at the start of the Biden administration, but in August, a Texas federal judge ordered the administration to resume protocols after finding the policy change arbitrary and capricious. The U.S. Defense Department announced a $137 million deal to make more of a key COVID testing component in order to boost production. This contract is part of the Biden administration's efforts in ramping up production of rapid COVID tests as the U.S. fights the highly infectious Omicron variant. I'm Jen McGraw, and that was your political news.
I'm Victoria Baker with your international news. North Korea is pushing back after the U.S. kept the country on a state sponsors of the terrorism list. The State Department released a list earlier in the month centered around the annual country reports on the terrorism in which it kept North Korea on the list with Iran and Syria. North Korea said the U.S. is a criminal state of terrorists which do not hesitate to commit acts of terrorism. The country has been on the U.S. list of state sponsors of terrorism since 2017, when North Korea agents allegedly assassinated leader Kim Jong-un's half-brother in Malaysia. McDonald's is testing exercise bike seats at the two locations in China after a video of a woman eating a hamburger while pedaling went viral. The fast food giant confirmed the bike seats were installed at locations in Shanghai and Guangdong. McDonald's China says that the bike seats aim to promote sustainability and help customers stay healthier. The bikes generate electricity that the customers can use to charge their electronics. McDonald's said the program might be expanded to other cities. SpaceX CEO Elon Musk is pushing back against claims his Starlink satellite internet program is taking up too much room in space. Musk told the Financial Times that tens of billions of satellites can be accommodated in orbit close to the Earth. Musk's comments on a Wednesday came after criticism by China and Europe's space agency. The head of the ESA said Musk was making the rules for young commercial space industry. And China complained that the UN's Committee on the Peaceful Uses of Outer Space earlier this week that its space station had to move to avoid collision with Starlink satellites twice this year. Musk's SpaceX has launched around 1,600 satellites and has permission for up to 12,000. The U.S. Air Force is flying a reconnaissance mission over eastern Ukraine two days after the Russians promised to withdraw their troops from its border. The Pentagon said that the intelligence the spy planes were gathering... A spokesperson for the U.S. European Command says the nation routinely operates aircrafts in the region. The aircrafts flew with permission from the Ukrainian government. Prince Andrew's attorney says that the U.S. court doesn't have jurisdiction over a case accusing him of sexual assault. Virginia Jufri filed for the civil lawsuit. She's an American citizen, but according to the motion filed, evidence shows that she domiciled in Australia, where she lived for most of the last 19 years. Prince Andrew denied the allegations in the earlier motion to dismiss. Egyptian scientists have digitally unwrapped a 3,500-year-old mummy. It's the first time anyone has seen the mummified remains of the pharaoh since the mummy was discovered in 1881. The scientists found that the pharaoh was around 35 years old and about five and a half feet tall when he died. He had a narrow chin and small, narrow nose, the curly hair, and mildly protruding upper teeth. The scientists found a unique gold girdle within the wrappings. That was your international news. I'm Victoria Baker. And now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. From Steve Strunsky at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, the Manilapin Township Committee voted to allow warehouses and sports complexes on a 225-acre swath along Route 33. The location is occupied mainly by the pastures, pens, stables, and practice tracks at Gateway Farm, New Jersey's main training facility for the standard-bred horses that race at the state's two harness tracks and others around the country. Capping a year-long process that included the township planning board's recommendations that the area was in need of redevelopment, the committee voted 4-0 to adopt the Gateway Area Redevelopment Plan, which amends local zoning to permit warehousing and indoor recreation on the site. Mayor Jack McNabow and other township officials stressed during the meeting that the plan did not authorize the town to condemn the property and turn it over to a designated developer, a highly controversial practice condemned by property rights advocates and others. New Jersey hospitals are cutting down on the amount of visitors due to soaring COVID rates. 
With COVID-related hospitalizations topping 3,300 recently in New Jersey, the most in a year, code red rules are now in effect. The New Jersey Hospital Association has told its 72 acute care hospitals no visitors are allowed, with just limited exceptions. These include for a woman giving birth and a patient who is terminally ill. You might be able to visit a child in the hospital or a patient who's cognitively impaired, but that's up to each facility, so you'll want to call the hospital directly before showing up. Delaware state officials are reminding hunters that harvesting female deer helps the quality of the deer population in the first state. It comes as handgun deer hunting season begins in the coming weeks, while general firearm and muzzleloader seasons are set to kick off later next month. Hunters are also encouraged to donate venison to the state's Sportsmen Against Hunter program. In 2020, more than 20,000 pounds of deer meat were donated, which helped supply 84,000 meals to folks in need. From Jeff Goldman at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, New Brunswick has become the latest municipality in New Jersey to implement an indoor mask requirement in another attempt to help slow the spread of the coronavirus, city officials said. Face coverings must be worn in government buildings, restaurants, bars, gymnasiums, stores, and houses of worship throughout the city in Middlesex County. The executive order signed by longtime Mayor Jim Cahill runs through the end of January 2022. The usual exceptions apply for eating and drinking, as well as being alone in an office. From Bob Brooks and the 6ABC Digital staff at 6ABC.com, a township commissioner in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, has been arrested in Philadelphia after turning himself in for an alleged rape that took place more than four years ago. Marvin Smith has been charged with rape, sexual assault, luring, and related offenses. Smith, 50, currently serves as the first ward commissioner for Darby Township. But recently, Smith turned himself into Philadelphia police and had his mugshot taken. Smith was arrested after investigators alleged he raped a male back in 2017. The investigation is ongoing. From Matt Gray for NJ.com, authorities are asking for the public's help in locating a Rutgers University student who has been missing since the morning of Christmas Eve. Keshav Rao, 21, a student at Rutgers New Brunswick campus, was last seen December 24th around 7.30 a.m. near his residence at the Quad 2 dorm buildings on Avenue E in Piscataway. Rao's family reported him missing recently, according to Rutgers University Police. Police said the student is not believed to be in any danger. From Kevin Shea for NJ.com, Sylvia Goldshaw, the Bergen County, New Jersey woman who earned celebrity for surviving a case of COVID-19 last year at the age of 108, died recently on her 110th birthday. Goldshaw passed away peacefully at the Allendale Community Center for Senior Living in Allendale, shortly before a celebration in her honor by the center and town's mayor. Last year, Governor Phil Murphy was among those celebrating her feat of beating a case of coronavirus, adding to her list of lifetime accomplishments. I'm Sam Whalen, and that was your local news. I'm Joshua Ticino with your Rowan News. On Wednesday, Rowan officials gathered to discuss the plans for the Rowan University School of Veterinary Medicine. Rowan President Ali Hushmond, Rowan College of South Jersey President Frederick Keating, and State Senate President Steve Sweeney, along with Matthew Edson, the named dean for the new school, were in attendance with nothing but praise for everyone involved in the project. We spoke to these men along with Amanda Wells, a veterinary assistant involved with Farm Friends LLC, to get their opinions on the new school and how it will affect New Jersey. Amanda Wells provided us with some insight on why this school is so important. I learned last year what a need there is for vets, vet techs, everything. Because of the pandemic and everything, I started working there because I work at a school, but it's closed. So working with the vets, the vet techs, they are amazing. They, they love their jobs, but they're tired. This is so exciting to have a new school and new people coming in. Matthew Edson gave us a rundown of how the school will be laid out, 
as well as his own thoughts. So the building on this campus is going to be a small animal teaching hospital, so household pets, dogs, and cats, and that's going to be clinical resources for veterinary students in their fourth year in rotations, and then also for people in the local community to come in and be able to have their pets seen like a typical veterinary hospital. And then we'll have an educational facility here with lecture halls and labs and teaching facilities for the preclinical students. I think I've had a lot of real-world experience in the past 10 years and a lot of very interesting situations. So I think the, the dose of reality outside of academia that I've had is certainly going to be able to give the students some interesting perspective. Rowan President Ali Hushmand offers his thoughts on the school. Well, the, the idea in here really is not to stand out. It's that the idea in here is to serve a, a need. We as a public university, we are, we are, we are, our job is to always serve the need of the population, the community, the economy of the region. And that's what we have been really, really good at over the past several years. You know, enhancing the economy of Glassboro, North Seoul campus. You got Burlington campus. You got the Fossil Park Museum. You got the Cumberland campus. You got the West campus. All of these have been as a result of kind of economic expansion and making the community better. So that's our job, create programs that are needed, create jobs, and also help the economy of the village. State Senate President Steve Sweeney offers us some final insight on the school, as well as the importance it has for Rowan's footprint in the nation. Creating a class of doctors to service the needs of our state. You know, we're an agriculture state, and we have a lot of farm. And besides just small animal veterinary medicine, having large animal veterinary medicine is, is very important. And your dean coming from that field, again, we want to meet the needs of the people of the state of New Jersey, keeping New Jerseyans here, that New Jerseyans will have a better opportunity to follow the careers they really dreamed and aspired to do. Personally, to see Rowan University now as the second school in the nation, that's one hell of a title to have. You know, Rowan's degree has increased dramatically in this short period of time. We went from having no medical school to three medical schools and being recognized nationally as a research university and soon to be an R1. The inaugural class of 60 students will be admitted pending approval from the American Veterinary Medical Association Council on Education in fall of 2025. I'm Joshua Ticino, and that was your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, political, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Roan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Roan Radio News Team. I'm Nick Earnshaw with your news around the Roan University sports world right here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Starting off with the only sport that has had games over winter break thus far, men's and women's basketball. The women's basketball team played their first game on the 18th of December as they faced Muhlenberg College in a Saturday afternoon home game. The Prowls were able to stick around in this one throughout, but couldn't quite secure the victory as they were defeated 60-52 by the Muhlenberg College Mules. The women's basketball team fell to 5-5 while the Mules improved to 5-4 following their victory. Grace Marshall led the way for the Prowse as she shot 7 of 14 from the field while accumulating 16 points, 3 assists, and 1 steal on the night. Right behind Marshall in the scoring column was Nicole Maller with 10 points as she was the only other prop to break double digits in this contest. Christina Johnson fell just 2 points shy of the mark, finishing with 8. 
Michaela McGarvey was the difference maker on behalf of the Mules as she posted a double-double on the night, putting up 15 points, yes, 15, and snagging 10 boards on the glass. Emily Unger also made waves for Mullenberg in this one, falling just one rebound shy of her own double-double performance as she ended the contest with 9 rebounds and 16 points on 5 of 9 shooting from field goal range. Turning things over to the men's basketball team, they played their first game over the semester break this past Wednesday, the 29th of December, as they took on John Carroll in their first round matchup of the annual Doc Green Tournament in Juniata College. The Profs made quick work of JCU Blue Streaks as they defeated them by a final score of 110-94 to improve to 10-1 on the year. The Profs also punched their ticket to the second round of the Doc Green Tournament as they faced Juniata on their home tor- turf, which I will touch on later. In the matchup between John Carroll and Rowan, Ariana's, Ariana Zemi led the way in a huge bounce-back performance, dropping 32 points on 12 of 24 shooting from the field, while also snagging four steals in the process. Trailing close behind Azemi was Marcellus Ross, who posted 25 points on the night, shooting 5 of 10 from three-point range with six rebounds as well. The third and final prof to break double digits was Josh Wright as he tallied a quiet 10 points in this contest. He has been a notable freshman for this team. In other notable statistics, too, uh, Stretch Hawkins found himself two points away from a 12-rebound and 10-point triple-double, but finished with an eight after. This was all said and done. Despite David Gentry and Connor O'Toole finishing with 26 and 22 points respectively, the Blue Streaks fell to 5-4 as Rowan's fast-paced offense overpowered the defensive efforts of John Carroll on the night. On Thursday, December 30th, both the men's and women's basketball team found themselves in action, and both teams came away with a victory on the road. Once again, I'm Nick Earnshaw, and this has been your news around Rowan University sports right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. Apple is issuing stock bonuses to select engineers in order to keep them from leaving. Some of the bonuses were restricted stock awards that vest over four years, ranging from $50,000 to $180,000 in value, according to the Bloomberg Report. The bonuses were given to high performers in such areas as silicon design, hardware and select software, and operations groups. The payouts themselves aren't part of the typical Apple compensation packages, which usually include a base salary, stock units, and a cash bonus. A new survey finds Miami Beach is the most expensive destination in the world for a hotel room this New Year's Eve. Rick Hoshall has details. CheapHotels.org says the least expensive room in the South Florida Island City is $365 per night. The survey compared hotel prices in 50 major cities across the globe. New Orleans came in as the second most expensive city, followed by Nashville, New York City, and Honolulu. Cancun, Mexico is the priciest city outside of the U.S. with a rate of $228 per night. I'm Rick Hoshul. Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk has sold another billion dollars worth of Tesla stock. Musk has been unloading Tesla's shares since November 8th, partly to pay coming tax bills on stock options. Musk also polled his tens of millions of Twitter followers the first week in November on whether he should sell 10% of his stake in Tesla, and they voted yes. Tesla's shares are up more than 54% this year, making Musk the wealthiest person on Earth. His net worth is estimated at more than $275 billion. 
The Case-Shiller and U.S. Home Price Indexes for October were due Tuesday. Housing industry analysts are forecasting a 1.1 increase over September and an 18.7% rise in the Case-Shiller Index over October of last year. The experts forecast a 7 tenths percent rise over September and 16.8% bump in the U.S. Index over October 2020. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Brandon Searles. Dwayne Johnson will not return to the Fast and Furious franchise. Speaking to CNN, Johnson turned down Vin Diesel's public request on Instagram to rejoin the series. He said he told Diesel directly he would not return, but that he would also root for the franchise to be successful. He claims Diesel's post is an example of manipulation and noted he doesn't like that he brought up his children and referenced Paul Walker's death in it. Broadway's The Music Man is the latest show to go on pause due to COVID-19 as star Hugh Jackman has tested positive. Jackman says he is experiencing mild symptoms and the show will only stay on hiatus until today. The Kardashian-Jenner family is mourning the death of their business manager. Angie Kowalski was murdered, her body discovered last week, and her boyfriend has been charged with her death. The Kardashian-Jenner family released a statement saying Angie was truly the best and that she made things happen that were impossible. The 55-year-old also worked with Kanye West, Nicki Minaj, Offset, and the estate of Tupac Shakur. It sounds like there could be a third season of the hit Netflix show Squid Games. The series creator told Korean broadcaster KBS he's talking with the streaming giant about a second and third season. However, he noted nothing is set in stone. During its September release, it broke the record for Netflix's biggest debut show. Dead and company are offering refunds for their upcoming Mexico shows after a surge in COVID-19 cases. The former members of The Grateful Dead announced Wednesday that they're moving ahead with their weekend concerts in Cancun next month, but any ticket holder who no longer wishes to attend because of the Omicron outbreak can now get a refund. The outdoor beach concerts are scheduled for the weekends of January 7th and the 13th. Dead and company are strongly advising fans who attend to have their COVID booster shots. Comedian Jerry Seinfeld is being featured on the front cover drawing of an upcoming comic book that pays tribute to his Netflix series. Seinfeld is pictured getting coffee in the Batmobile alongside Superman with Batman swooping in. The noted superhero enthusiast has been hosting comedians in cars getting coffee since 2012. Seinfeld isn't featured in the issue itself, but his likeliness is all smiles while holding up a cup of coffee and sitting in the Adam West-era convertible Batmobile. LL Cool J was originally set to perform at last night's New Year's Eve celebration in Times Square, but had to cancel his performance due to testing positive for COVID-19. R&B singer Chloe was also not able to make the performance. Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest 2022 still went on to make the best out of rising COVID cases in New York. Madonna is responding after she accused Canadian rapper Tory Lanez of ripping off her classic Into the Groove. Last week on Instagram, Madonna accused Lanez of illegal usage of her 1985 hit for his new song, Pluto's Last Comet. Madonna is defending her claim in a statement to Rolling Stone and says through a representative, I am tired of being taken advantage of and I mean business. Her rep didn't say if Madonna will pursue a copyright infringement suit against Lanez or seek a writing credit on the song. I'm Brandon Searles, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day.
You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.